If you like this podcast, you're going to really like McClanahan Academy. Head over to McClanahanAcademy.com. That's McClanahanAcademy.com. Enroll. It's free of charge. You get a free class, 10 Myths of American History. When you do enroll, I've got nearly 20 classes there available for purchase. Go to McClanahanAcademy.com. Enroll today and get a real history education. The Brian McClanahan Show, episode 468. It's time to think locally and act locally. Welcome to the Brian McClanahan Show. Welcome back to the Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to have you back on the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, like my Facebook page, and subscribe to my YouTube page. You can find all those social media accounts on my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com. It's B-R-I-O-N mcclanahan.com or you can just look at at brian mcclanahan that's where all those accounts are so follow me there have a conversation with me there also while you're at brianmcclanahan.com give me an email address i'll give you a free ebook forgotten founders and a free audiobook of the same title read by yours truly you can support the show of course by going to mcclanahan academy by clicking on that support tab at brianmcclanahan.com by buying one of my books by clicking on that shop tab at brianmcclanahan.com. I don't make a lot of money on those things, but you get my logo and all kinds of cool stuff. I mean, really cool stuff. So uh, that's an awesome way to support the show. But of course, the best way to support the show is by sharing this podcast around on show, social media, rating it wherever you get your podcast. Let people know you're thinking locally and acting locally. Look, the episode yesterday proves that the message can work. It can resonate. Unfortunately, I don't have the same kind of megaphone as Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin. But certainly, this idea of getting involved at the local level and affecting change through federalism is one of the most important things we can, we can do. And this episode is a listener-generated episode. So if you want me to talk about something that you want to hear about, shoot me an idea. Now, last week, President Biden, this is June 23rd, so not even a week ago. Here we are, uh, you know, the week of... Uh, June 28th, so a little bit over a week, or about a week ago, President Biden said this, the the headline at Breitbart, President Biden's Second Amendment had limits from day one. Now, he's doubling down on this. Biden is doubling down on the idea that there were limits from day one for the Second Amendment. Now, this is a completely false assertion. False. There were no limits on what types of firearms people could own or possess because of the Second Amendment. Now, the states did impose restrictions on firearms, but the central authority did not impose anything from day one, as Joe Biden falsely suggests here. In fact, he said this exact same thing when he was uh, Vice President Joe Biden during the lead up to the 2020 election, when he was simply just candidate Joe Biden or considering a a run for president, he said the same thing. And I'm going to explain what he said that was the exact same thing. He doesn't know. Joe Biden is an empty suit. He's an empty head. The man doesn't even know what he's talking about half the time. And this is a real problem. So he says this, President Joe Biden suggested the Second Amendment has had limits from day one during his Wednesday speech on crime and gun violence. The Second Amendment from the day it was passed limited the type of people who 
own a gun and what type of weapon you could own, Biden said. You couldn't buy a cannon, he added. This is not true. In fact, um, you could buy anything you wanted. There were no limits on what kind of firearms you could have or owning a cannon. Private individuals own cannon all the time. In fact, when you get to the 1860s, you have entirely private uh, initiative when it comes to things like um, building naval vessels. And I know this was going on more in the South than in the North, but certainly when you look at, there was a very famous, uh, and, and the idea of the Second Amendment was certainly part of the Confederate Constitution too. So I'm looking at American constitutional thought here, but uh, the there was a famous gunboat in North Carolina that was built by a farmer, and he had a Brooks rifle cannon on the thing. Uh, but privateers, I mean, private individuals outfitting ships, they're being commissioned by... I mean, this, this is a big problem, for example, in the Washington administration, Washington administration now, where you had citizen Edmund Genet coming into the United States, treated as a hero across the United States, and he was outfitting American privateers. Now, these a privateer is a pirate, essentially, a private individual that has a ship that puts cannons on board and then sacks other countries' merchant fleets. So certainly people could have cannons. And I'm going to get to the Militia Act of 1792 in a minute. I'm going to go through it. We're going to talk about what the general government actually did in the founding period 1792, after the ratification of the Bill of Rights, right? So this is a year after the Bill of Rights were ratified. This is what Dopey Coma Joe doesn't understand. Biden said, those who say the blood of patriots and all that stuff about how we're going to have to move against the government, well, the tree of liberty is not watered with the blood of patriots. If you think you have need... If you think you need have weapons to take on the government, you need F-15s and maybe some nuclear weapons. I mean, this is almost incoherent, right? This is an embarrassment for the United States. This guy should not even be close to the presidency. Um, in reality, he should be sitting at the at, uh, the villages in Florida or something. I mean, this is what should be happening with Joe Biden. Of course, the person that's always hiding in the shadows, Kamala Harris, would be even worse. Um, but regardless... He concluded the point by saying, the point is there has always been the ability to rationally limit the type of weapon that can be owned and who can own it. No, there hasn't. Not by the general government. Never. Until we get to the 20th century. Then, then and only then is there a push to do it. Only then is there a push to do it. On April 8, 2021, Biden said that no amendment is absolute. His focus then as now was the Second Amendment. He did not celebrate, I'm sorry, elaborate on whether there are exceptions, whether, for instance, 19th Amendment is absolute. Now, let me go back to do this in historical context. So we're going to go into the Militia Act of 1792. Now, when you look at the Second Amendment to the Constitution, the Second Amendment to the Constitution. You look at what it says. So let's read it. A well-regulated militia, being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. 
a well-regulated militia. So oftentimes people focus on this militia argument. Well, the militia is the National Guard. The National Guard is completely illegal, by the way. But the militia is the National Guard. So uh, that's the well-regulated militia. So only those people, only those people can have firearms, right? Being necessary to the security of a free state. I'm going to get a militia thing in a second. Free state, which, and state is capitalized. And they're not talking about, <laughs> they're not talking about the United State because that didn't exist. But state meaning Virginia or North Carolina or Pennsylvania or New York, a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. We know this is what they mean by state because this is how they use the term in the 18th century. Now, the argument was, and I've said this before on this podcast, that the general government could arm the militia, which they could do. Then they could disarm the militia. This prevented them from disarming the militia. That was the whole point. And if you're saying you can't own this, you can't own this, you can't own this, you are disarming the militia. The militia was designed to be the citizen army of the United States. And a citizen army would require all the same type of weapons that any other army would have. So the states could regulate all this stuff. I mean, they can say that the states can say you can own this type of weapon or not. But that was the states. And, of course, state constitutions often have a similar amendment, a second type amendment. And so then if the state infringes on those rights to keep and bear arms, you can resist that in the courts at the state level. You see, I've mentioned with incorporation other things. If you live by incorporation, you die by incorporation. If you think, well, the Second Amendment's been incorporated. So we got to look at the site. It's been incorporated. Well, then you're going to get into the argument, well, so was, I mean, if you look at some of these other social things we're talking about, well, that's also been incorporated, so there's a problem there. But let's just get into the Militia Act. Because it defines who the militia is. The Militia Act was passed May 8, 1792. And it had federal standards for the organization of the militia, right? So it could arm the militia. It also gave the president the authority to call out the militia. This would be May 2nd, which is a whole other situation, okay? But it gave the ability for Congress to um, arm the militia. It talks about organizing and arming the militia. Section 1 of this Militia Act or I should say um, the standards, not Section 1, but the standards, the first part of the standards to organize the, the militia. Being enacted by the Senate and House of Representatives of the United States of America and Congress assembled, that each and every free, able-bodied, white male citizen of the respective states resident therein or who is or shall be of age of 18 years and under the age of 45 years shall severally and respectively be enrolled in the militia. So if you're 18 to 45 and you're a white male, you're in the militia. By congressional authority, you're in the militia. Right? So this defines who is in the militia. And the term state of the respective states is also capitalized, just like it is in the Second Amendment. It's the same thing. They're talking about the security of a free state, meaning the state of Virginia, New York, Massachusetts, South Carolina, a free state. Not the United States, but a free state. 
It was there to ensure the states had control over the military. By the captain or commanding officer of the company, within whose bounds such citizens shall reside, and that within 12 months after the passing of this act. So you have 12 months, you got to be in the militia. And it shall at all time hereafter be the duty of the duty of every such captain or commanding officer of a company to enroll every such citizen as foresaid, and also those who shall from time to time arrive at the age of 18 years, or being at the age of 18 years, and under the age of 45 years shall come to reside within his bounds, and shall without delay notify such citizen of the said enrollment by the proper non-commissioned officer of the company by whom such notice may be, may be proved. So you got to be in the militia. You don't have a choice. If you're 18 to 45, you're in the militia of the state. You would be in the militia of, if you're in Virginia, whatever, you know, you're in the state militia, right? You're not in the United States Army. You're in the state militia. Now, the next part is important. That every citizen so enrolled and notified shall, within six months thereafter, provide himself with a good musket or firelock, a sufficient bayonet and belt, two spare flints, and a knapsack, a pouch with a box therein to contain not less than 24 cartridges suited to the bore of his musket or firelock, each cartridge to contain a proper quantity of powder and ball, or with a good rifle, knapsack, soft pouch, and powder horn, 20 balls suited to the bore of his rifle, and a quarter of a pound of powder. The general government, within six months of passing the Militia Act, has required you to have a firearm. And notice... You can have a musket or firelock or a rifle. Didn't matter what kind. You just had to have one. Well, think about that. They're not saying you can have this rifle and not this rifle. They're saying you got to have something that you can that you can fight with, right? So what is that? Well, that would be your AR-15 today. I mean, it's a rifle, or it could be a shotgun, or it could be a uh, a 30-06 sniper rifle. It could be something. You have to have something that you can fight with. Now, of course, you'd want it to be more uniform today, meaning that you would want men to have a certain type of firearm today, a semi-automatic weapon or something like that. Or, I mean, in the case of... Uh, if it's a military-grade weapon, you want to have a fully automatic weapon. So this is the Congress saying you have to have the assault rifle of the, you have to have in possession an assault rifle of the 18th century with a certain number of ammunition suited to the bore of your weapon. They don't say you can't have ammunition. You got to have it, right? Enough powder. I mean, you could have a punt gun. If you don't know what a punt gun is, it's a zero gauge shotgun. You could have had that. I don't know. You could have had anything, right? As long as you can use the thing. It doesn't say you can't have cannon either. In fact, they're going to talk about artillery here in a minute. Now, where are they going to get those cannon from? The United States government's not providing them. The people that are in the militia have to provide them. So, in other words, Joe Biden saying you couldn't own a cannon is completely false. In fact, they would require you to own a cannon. And shall appear so armed and accoutred and provided when called out to the exercise or into the service, except that when called out on company days exercise only, he may appear without a knapsack. That the commissioned officers shall severally be armed with a sword or hanger, an espatoon, 
and that from and after five years from the passing of this act, all muskets from arming the militia as in here required shall be of bore sufficient for the balls of the 18 part of a pound. And every citizen so enrolled and providing himself with the arms, ammunition, and accoutrements required as foresaid shall hold the same, exempted from all suits, distresses, executions, or sales for debt or for the payments of taxes. So eventually they're going to standardize this. They're going to standardize the, the bore that you need to have. But at first, you could just have whatever. You, and, and other thing, you can't have these firearms on a lien, right? They got to be yours. You have to own them. You have to own them. And providing himself with the arms, ammunition, and accoutrements required as foresaid shall hold the same, exempted from all suits, distresses, executions, or sales for debt or for the payment of taxes. You got to have it. And this is beautiful when you go back and look at this and you just throw this in the face of all the idiots that say, well, you couldn't own a cannon. Yes, you could. In fact, you could own, I mean, as long as you had a rifle or a musket or a flintlock, you had to have something you could fight with. You had to have it in possession. It was required by law. Now, well, but that was the 18th century. Now we have the now we have the National Guard. So we don't really, the National Guard is illegal, number one. But number two, nothing's changed. The Second Amendment hasn't changed. You still can't disarm people. You can say they have to have a certain type of firearm. But you can't say they can't have a particular type of firearm. And be it further enacted that within one year after the passing of the act, the militia of the respective states shall be arranged into divisions, brigades, regiments, battalions, and companies as the legislature of each state shall direct. And each division, brigade, and regiment shall be numbered at the formation thereof, and a record made of such numbers of the adjutant general's office in the state, and when in the field or in the or in service in the state, such division, brigade, and regiment shall respectively take rank according to their numbers, reckoning the first and lowest number, highest in rank. So it gives uh, this type of thing, that it if the same be convenient, each brigade shall consist of four regiments, each regiment of two battalions, each battalion of five companies, each company of 64 privates, that the said militia shall be officered by the respective states as follows to each division a major general with two aide-de-camp with the rank of major to each brigade, one brigade major with the rank of major to each company, one captain, one lieutenant, one ensign, four sergeants, four corporals, one drummer, and one fife and bugler. That there shall be a regimental staff to consist of one adjutant, one quartermaster, two rank as lieutenants, one paymaster, one surgeon, and one surgeon's mate, one sergeant major, one drum major, and one fife major. <laughs> Now, so they, they even told you about the organization. And again, the Constitution says the general government can organize and arm the militia. This is what they're doing. They're organizing and arming the militia. And be it further enacted that out of the militia enrolled as herein directed, there shall be formed for each battalion at least one company of grenadiers, light infantry, or riflemen, and that each division there shall be at least one company of artillery and one troop of horse. Where are they going to get the cannon? I mean... They're not just going to magically appear. They got to come from somewhere. So private individuals are going to provide the cannon, just like they provide their own firearms. They're going to provide the cannon, and one troop of horse. There shall be to each company of artillery one captain, two lieutenants, four sergeants, four corporals, six gunners, six bombardiers, one drummer, and one fifer. The officers to be armed with a sword or hanger, a fuse, bayonet, and belt, with a cartridge box to contain twelve cartridges. And each private of Matos shall furnish themselves with good horses of at least 14 hands and a half high to be armed with a sword 
and pair of pistols, the holsters of which to be covered with bearskin caps. Each dragoon to furnish himself with the surface of a horse, at least 14 hands and a half high, a good saddle, bridle, male pillion and valet's holster and a breastplate and crupper, a pair of boots and spurs, a pair of pistols, a saber and a, uh, a, uh, a cartridge box for pistols. That each company of artillery and troop of horse shall be formed of volunteers from the brigade at the discretion of the commander-in-chief of the state, not exceeding one company of each to a regiment, nor more in number than one-eleventh part of the infantry, and shall be uniformly clothed in raiments to be furnished at their expense, the color and fashion determined by the brigadier commanding the brigade to which they belong. So again, all of this was done by private hands. You had to provide your own horse. You had to provide your own pistols. You had to provide your own dang uniforms. Where is this, Joe Biden? I'm asking you. Where does it say you can't own a cannon? I mean, show me in statute where it says you can't own a cannon. Because guess what? To get into artillery, you had to have a cannon, and that had to be provided by private individuals. Now, you could say, well, the state could have bought the cannons. Cannons are expensive. This is true. But you know what? The local community, the rich guy in the community, could have bought a cannon and provided the cannon. You see... Joe Biden has no idea what he's talking about. This is the sad thing. When you get to gun control, and I mentioned it in the piece yesterday, they really want, they're not worried about gun violence. What they're worried about is power. They want power over individuals, and they certainly believe that by doing this, they can disarm people, and that makes it easier for them. Michael Malice on Twitter, who's always funny on Twitter, pointed out that you know, Joe Biden's saying this, well, you got to have F-15s and nuclear weapons to take down the government. Just five minutes before that, they're saying some idiot in a moose hat was running around, uh, or uh, a, uh, a bison hat is running around overthrowing the government. I mean, which one is it? Is it idiots storming the Capitol that are overthrowing the government, or do you need F-15s and nuclear weapons? I mean, because if you're saying guys in buffalo hats can overthrow the government, then do you really need F-15s and nuclear weapons? Which one is it, Joe Biden? Of course, that whole thing is a farce. Nobody was overthrowing the government on January 6th. That was, I mean, that wasn't even, it wasn't even insurrection in any way, any way, shape, or form. So the fact is, um, we've got uh, people speaking out of both sides of their mouth. But here we go. According to the founding generation, the generation that wrote the Constitution, this is passed a year, not even a year, after the Bill of Rights is ratified. They're saying, here's how you organize the militia, and you have to have these things. They're not saying you can't own these things, because everyone understood that the reason for the Second Amendment was so the general government did not disarm the militia. In other words, they can't say, you can't have weapons. That was the argument for the Second Amendment. This is why we had it. This is why we had it, because they were concerned that if the government can arm the militia, they can disarm the militia. I talk about this in my Founding Fathers Guide to the Constitution. I talk about it in my American Constitutions class at McClanahan Academy. Look, if you don't have those classes, you need them. You also need my Originalist Papers classes, which part three of that is coming out this week. You're going to want it. It's so good. I mean, that stuff is just so good. It blasts apart all of these things that the left likes to, and, and for, that, for that matter, the right oftentimes too, like to shove down our throats about Lincolnian nationalism. They are beautiful. And I'm not making this stuff up. I'm using the founding generation's words to defend what I'm saying. In fact, whole essays that they wrote, not just cherry-picking things. I go through the whole thing. 
So Joe Biden saying you can't own a cannon is a complete farce. Joe Biden saying that the Second Amendment, uh, there was rational. Let me let me let me use the the language he said again. Uh, rationally limit the type of weapon that can be owned and who can own it. No, not limit the type of weapon. Rational. So they're saying that you have to have a standard bore. So is that rational limiting? No. They're saying it's actually the the better of the weapons. I mean, you had to have a weapon that was not just some sorry old flintlock, a shotgun, right? You had to have something that was actually the assault weapon of the night of the 18th century, the 1790s. You had to have it. You had to have it. You had to have the most updated weapon. And you could have rifles, too. Of course, saying no amendment is absolute, he's talking only about the Second Amendment. Otherwise, he believes all those, of course, the Tenth doesn't is not absolute. The Tenth doesn't even matter. I mean, the Tenth Amendment is just completely ridiculous to all these people on the left. They don't want to hear it. This won't change their mind. It, oh, oh, well, I was wrong about this. They won't ever say that. But that's exactly what they should say. All right. So that's my position on Joe Biden and his idiotic statement that you couldn't own a cannon. Of course you could. Of course you could own cannons. You could own anything you wanted. You could own any type of weapon you wanted in the 1790s. The general government could not restrict that. Now, the states, Pennsylvania, for example, was restrictive in terms of firearms, but not the general government because that was seen as unconstitutional. So there we go. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Brian McClanahan Show. I'll see you next time for the next one. See you then.